Greetings, Maltopians. Are you looking to delve deeper into the world of Maltopia? Then check out our Patreon, where you can find written mythos pieces, world maps, found footage, art, Patreon-exclusive shows, and more. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia and join one of our tiers for access to great new content. Brave the forbidden and embrace the darkness. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
There was absolutely no way I was following those footprints, so I decided to try the door next to the staircase. Naturally, it turned out to be an escalator going up. Yet it was mercifully free of exploded woman parts and demonic footprints, so it seemed a regular stairway to heaven. When the escalator reached its terminus, a grimy hallway lined with moss-green shag carpeting, a feeling hit me like countless fly wings blowing across my skin, all dirty and weightless, raising goose flesh on my arms. I took it as a kind of omen, or maybe a bit of women's intuition, yet given what had already happened, expecting the worst just seemed like common sense. I briefly considered turning back, but the chances were that... <laughs> yep, the escalator was gone, drowned somewhere beneath a long expanse of awful 70s carpeting. My escort vanished into the black curtain of darkness that fell just beyond the weak lighting, snorting occasionally. I was thankful for my partner's preference to remain mostly unseen, but whether that was out of courtesy, necessity, shyness, hatred, I had no idea. At least his odor had faded somewhat. Or perhaps it just wasn't as bad compared to the demonic afterbirth. We made our way down the hallway, small bits of shredded clowns squishing underfoot. The dog's massive jowls dragging across the rug left a trail of bright bloody globs as it snuffed and snorted. I was trying to decide which was scarier, Rover or the decor, when something slammed into me. A woman dragged me to the floor, clawing at me with fingertips worn down to bony nibs. She had the strength of a crazed lunatic, her eyes just blood and sclera, nothing human amid the debris. Her claws went from my neck. My blade went for her eye, but she was too fast. She slammed my hand to the floor, sending the knife skittering. Pinned and powerless beneath her, she lowered a mouthful of broken yellow teeth. A pulpy soup of blood, bile, and vomit spilled from her scabby lips as she spoke, her breath almost as rancid as the dog's. Do you hear it? It won't stop! Please make it stop! Please! I, I did hear it. The lilting voice of someone singing. It seemed close but distant at the same time like it was coming from the other side of a thin wall. I felt something pulsing against my stomach. The voice was coming from the woman's guts. It was singing. Mama, come and get your baby boy. Overwhelming revulsion gave me my own lunatic strength and I threw the woman off me. She sprang to her feet as I clawed at the 38, yanking it free and firing blindly. Her face disappeared in a spray of blood. A few rounds found her midsection, driving her back against the wall where she collapsed. I sat frozen to the floor, wondering if I still heard the singing, the empty revolver clicking at the lifeless heap. Was her ruined midsection moving? Where the hell was the dog? Surely it would descend out of the darkness and finish her off? Two peas in a pod, those two. They could gossip on the perils of hosting the otherworldly as he devoured what remained of her. The woman started to spasm, her head jumping up and down like a corpse at a concert. The shaking became more violent, the top of her head finally bursting open like a hot Pepsi, blood spraying to the ceiling. 
The singing instantly grew louder, clear as a bell. I scrabbled for my knife, preparing for the worst. The quivering body sounded like a wet cloth slowly being torn apart. Something horrible began to swell from within. The singing grew with each passing moment. I tried to run, but I couldn't. I was stunned, lost in a sea of bloody moss-green shag, my only lifeline MIA. A huge greasy head rubbed against my shoulder, putrid drool running green and orange down my arm. A chorus of undead voices whispered in my ear. Don't worry, dearie. We were just enjoying the show. We'll take it from here. As though sensing the stronger adversary, the fetal monstrosity burst from its human wrapper, somehow larger than its host. Everything went red as blood and viscera shot throughout the corridor, splashing the lights. The fetal demon looked something like a hairless, half-digested wolverine, its teeth like railroad spikes, spitting hatred and hissing madness. Yet it may have met its match in Old Rover, Massive and monstrous, his flexing claws shredding the carpet, he stared hate at the demon, his growling so deep I felt it in my feet. I looked on with disbelief as the bowers began to spill forth from the darkness of his undercarriage, tumbling mad and lethal across the floor, their blades shining and hungry. The dripping red light cast the battle in shades of horrific impossibility. I could feel my mind slipping out the back of my skull, chasing down the last bits of my sanity. But instead of going mad, I got angry. Screaming, I threw myself on the back of the monster and buried my knife in its head. From somewhere deep in the marrow of my soul, I could hear the witch's laughter, endless and cold like a winter sky, triumphant like the spring. Jaws stretched impossibly wide, Rover plowed into the newborn nightmare, howling like a choir of banshees, driving his teeth deep into the face of his crooning opponent. For its part, the slavering creature raked the sides of the great hound with wickedly hooked claws, rendering flesh and puncturing organs. Unfortunately, it failed to understand the obvious. The dog was already dead. The Bowers moved like monstrous, maniacal ants. They swarmed the vomitous creature with their equally nauseating numbers, stabbing and slicing with piston-like speed. They required neither air nor time to refresh their ruthless undead butchery. I caught a glimpse of one of them looking at me, the younger son, I think. He licked his black lips, eyeing my breasts as we hacked and stabbed. Ugh, dead just wasn't enough for this bunch. At some point during the melee, I was thrown down the hallway, my face slamming hard on the shed. The cartilage in my nose snapped like toothpicks. A tooth clinked off the wall. Using a door frame to stabilize myself, I stood up slowly, my nose gushing blood. Something wrapped its arms around me, almost gently. It could have been wicked, but he knew better. I sunk my knife into the darkness behind me. Whatever I hit didn't feel entirely solid, like I'd stuck a scarecrow, all straw and open spaces. Before I knew it, I was falling, or 
flying, darkness everywhere. The voice came from inside my panicked mind, speaking from half-forgotten nightmares. Genevieve, Vive, we're so glad you could come. The nightmares you've brought with you. Black poems lying in sweetest repose, waiting to be saved from wretched waking. Let us help you realize those nightmares. Give birth to them. I realized I was indeed falling into sleep. The figure at my bedside read aloud from an old book. We navigate by little lights made of sugar and shine, beaming like a crowd of smiles, happy in the darkness they haunt. Oh, the hunting stars of sleep, arranged with such care and chaos. Who knows the hands that hum them? I want to show you the real stuff of sleep, stretched farther and faster than the light. Touching shores worried by eternal seas, tides like teeth, eating eons like eggs, all whole and white. We sail the sea of sleep, turbulent and storm-shrouded. Our great galleons cast off a million stolen dreams, struts screwed down tight and strong, sails full and fat. Waiting beyond the shores of waking, we found you. Wonder led you astray, bringing us together. We chanced to touch you, and you jumped. And so, nightmares you called us forever after. You were right, of course, but not nearly right enough. We are so much more than that. Black icebergs adrift in your sleep. There is no steering clear of us. Rest your weary eyes. And welcome to the sea. When the figure stopped reading, I knew it was all a dream. I remembered the green carpet, the clown's rover. It was all coming back to me. The book came into focus. The script of Thrice Mad Silas Ohms. It once belonged to a museum in New Victoria. I did a story on it. The man who saw the future in his sleep. Old Silas prophesied that some kind of monstrous force was coming for humanity in their sleep, as though sleep were some kind of space that could be moved through. <laughs> he was spot on, of course. The figure with the book was still just a blur, but I knew it was elated. I could feel its huge smile moving across me like a carpet of spiders. I couldn't move. Not an inch. After a few minutes of gloating, the figure closed the book, setting it on the nightstand next to me and floated upwards into the light above the bed, a bright white blob of crisp, clean light. I felt like I was lying beneath an icy electric sun, the light bleaching me bone white. Pretty soon there was nothing left but that damn light. It was growing brighter and colder and I began to shiver. My shivering turned into near convulsions as the temperature plummeted. There appeared to be movement at my periphery. I was lifted from the bed and placed onto a gurney. The light came along for the ride. 
As I was pushed along, the light seemed to be rising away from me, lifting up the edges of its blinding curtain of cold light. I saw the bustle of thin arms and legs lining the corners of my vision, and I could make out the wrecked hallways of what could have been a hospital. I tried to focus my sight on whoever was pushing me through the corridors, but my efforts were repaid in pain. My eyes burned and watered whenever they tried to touch upon the creatures. I'd have screamed if I could have, but only my eyes seemed to do what they were told. Slowly, the tilt of the floor inclined to a degree that should have sent us all tumbling down the hallway. But being a dream, the physics were questionable. So questionable, in fact, that once the gurney and I shot up the walls and across the ceiling, I knew that appealing my efforts to a conventional escape were pretty much hopeless. Dimensions became impossible to calculate. Predictability vanished. Rooms opened into closets, opened into catacombs. And all the while, I could feel more smiles squirming over my body. Into my body. When we came to a stop, I could make out the ruin of a darkened operating room. The walls were encrusted with fruiting blood and swarming mold. The screams of previous patients hung in the air. Everything started coming into focus. Inhuman faces, blown open by raw blue eyes and cracked apart by monstrous grins, crowded my vision. The creatures appeared perched on the cusp of changing into something far more monstrous, as though still in the process of degrading. They hovered over me like children waiting to rip open a birthday gift, and all I could do was look on. I could hear machinery being turned on, mechanical sounds that would make a dentist's drill piss itself. More of the creatures entered the room, some pushing huge machines. To be honest, I wasn't sure if they were machines at all. They appeared more like giant mummified corpses crushed into squares and rectangles, shot through with dimly glowing machine parts and conjoined by tangles of organic wiring. The machines were positioned all around me and I could feel cold things being placed over my abdomen. My initial impression was they were prepping me to give birth, but I knew from everything I'd seen since stepping foot into that city, they were prepping to impregnate me. One of the creatures floating around the room pulling levers and pushing buttons offered me a few words. My goodness, Vive, you so much to fear at this point. So, so much horror is soon to become you. Fill you up. Break through you. This will be far beyond your words to articulate. Did you know that screams can be cultivated into a complete and nuanced language? Oh yes, they certainly can. Some beings speak in nothing but screams. Very soon, Genevieve, you're going to have much in common with such creatures. I mentally cried out for Wicked, Baron, even Rover. Nothing. All I could do was move my eyes. The machines clicked in word to life. My midsection began to vibrate with rushing energies. I could hear the muffled screams pumping through the tubers and coiling wires connected to my belly. Pain exploded from my guts. All I wanted to do was scream. My eyes locked with those of the creature who spoke to me. Glee overcame him. His entire head vibrated with barely contained joy. 
His eyes even teared up. You're going to be a mother, Vive. Isn't that wonderful? Blue saliva shot from his mouth as he spoke, as if the mounting pressure of his expectation had momentarily broken through. I felt like I was about to explode when the machines shrieked sparks and spit fire, filling the room with stinking smoke. The pain abruptly stopped. The creatures froze in shock, their panicked eyes darting at each other desperate for information. The room choked on the silence of the unexpected. The creature above me stared at my belly in horror. There's already something inside her. And then I knew. It was the witch. The witch. The woman who made psycho killers from children, tamed misshapen giants into fathers, squeezed darkness from sunshine, was inside of me. And she wanted out. The sounds of tearing flesh and spraying blood were all too familiar at this point. But this was different. It was my flesh, my blood. Again, the room went red. The mummified machines convulsed and died as my internal fluids splashed across them. Blood, my nocturnal blood, gnawed away at the switches and tubers of the demonic devices, gutting their mechanical souls. I was surprised the physics of reality still had a lingering presence inside the dream. Liquid and machines still didn't mix. Bulbs covered in blood still cast crimson light, still smoked and sparked. And as I soon learned, blades still cut flesh. Finally, the witch passed through the last of my raw red barriers, emerging from me like a living geyser of scarlet fire. I felt anguish mixed with searing pleasure, the fusion of birth and death. I was freedom, and I was its excruciating cost. Standing within the ruins of my body, the witch loomed like a red goddess, naked and poised, glistening arms outstretched, hands filled with knives, dripping death as surely as blood. The red light fell upon her like a song, soft and melodic. She was beautiful. The witch was facing away from me, but I could see her distorted reflection in the blood coating the walls. Her eyes were tiny drops of fire that could burn down worlds. When her knife whispered across the nearest monster, I wondered if it had even made contact. I should have known better. The creature's throat opened like a wide, toothless mouth, vomiting blue blood all over the floor. Apparently, even nightmares had arteries. She stepped down from the giant wound that was my abdomen. Once she was completely free of me, I was healed. I looked down to see that my own hands were holding knives. They were wicked and long, blades thinner than the edge of a shadow, slightly curved and possessing the heft of curling smoke. The witch looked over her shoulder at me, smiling. Come and kill with me, Genevieve. You'll adore it, I promise you. I rose up from the table and took my place next to her, equally naked and blood-soaked. I never looked directly at her. I knew better. 
We danced into the crowd of demons, moving with the grace and lethality of killer cats. I felt the blades coaxing my hands into skillful action. Who was I to argue with them? I found the bastard who had gloated over me while floating around the room, preparing to fatten me up with living nightmares. It tried to escape by levitating high off the ground, its face awash with fear. But this was a dream, and it wasn't the only one that could fly. Its big blue eyes pleaded for mercy as I floated upward, closing on it. One long curving blade passed through its left eye, the delicious glide of a steak knife passing through rare red meat. She was right. I loved it. The monster squealed as I twisted the blade, boring through its brain and emerging out the other side of its skull. A pang of adrenal satisfaction shot through me as I realized the monster was not yet beyond suffering. My second blade tore through the creature's stomach as I pushed it up against the blood-spattered wall. I shoved my face in front of its remaining eye and growled. No words, just rage-given voice. As the creature went limp and toppled to the floor, my own reflection appeared within the red mirrors that were once only walls. I backpedaled at the sight of my grinning, hate-fueled insanity. It was as if Wicked's smile had found its way onto my face. Meanwhile, one of the monsters tried the door of the operating room, hoping to escape certain death. Instantly, the witch was next to it, smiling like a seductress overflowing with secrets. As she buried her blade into the thing's neck, she began speaking to me, her voice drifting over the frenzy of murder and monsters. God is rotting in his grave, dear Genevieve. Yet there you are, a pale angel shivering at the limits of heaven, wondering if it's safe to burn your halo. You are free. I've given you that already. I couldn't speak. I wanted to tell her to go to hell. But I couldn't. I wanted to know her. I needed her. I can see you're not yet there, my dear. You should go now. I'll remain here to do what must be done. She faced the remaining creature's blades at her sides. Some dreams aren't worth the sleep they're imprinted upon. As I faded into consciousness, I could hear the sound of throats opening. Hopeless pleas for mercy, and the laughter of a goddess witch. <laughs> I awoke on a gigantic black canopy bed. It was one of many, all of them covered top to bottom in billowing black silks. On each of them lay a sleeping woman. We appeared to be housed within a massive, dilapidated warehouse. I saw gaping holes in the roof, rain and jet-black crows whipping about the darkness above. I heard movement from the bed next to me where an emaciated woman lay outstretched. I watched in silent horror as her abdomen swelled to the size of a tractor tire, her flesh straining thin and translucent. I could see the embryonic nightmare congealing inside of her. It was all pink and purple, a mouth like a lamprey eel's, eyes wider than dinner plates. 
It was afloat within a putrid amniotic brine and anchored in place by webs of slime and strands of bilious tissue. With a loud gasp, the woman woke up. Her pulsating child stared at her, its lidless eyes wide and carnivorous. She screamed and begged, the thing churning inside of her only looking on with a kind of dumb hunger. After several minutes, she fell still, her screaming turned to steady breathing and a bit of senseless mumbling, eyes staring beyond the darkness. Her mind was gone, broken apart and scattered into the void. There was nothing I could do but kill the thing inside of her, yet my knives and gun were gone. I got up and began to wander my way around the maze of black beds, glimpsing at the horrible things that were being grown in the fertile fields of womanhood. More than once, my hands went to my own belly, remembering the witch I had birthed. I, too, had become a red mother. I felt like I was going mad, meandering around the maze of ripening women, listening to their straining skin and buckling bones, occasionally picking through puddles of cooling afterbirth. But for all of that, I'd become dangerous. I was unarmed, but more than willing to sink my teeth into eyeballs and rend flesh with unkempt nails, just for fun. At last, I understood Wicked's smile. It was a declaration of immunity, from fear, from pain, from the world itself. I felt my lips curl upward, my teeth gnashing around vicious sounds, my tongue a wagging snake. I was ready for whatever was to come. Anything. Then footsteps. It pissed me off that they were so confident, so unafraid of what I'd become. I needed to reintroduce myself. It was another clown. Good. He ambled along, juggling several bright red balls, blood worlds orbiting dead white hands. But the clown and I were both behind the world now. I was no longer tractable to the games that shadows oft play. I was finally in on the joke. I climbed the wall and made myself silent and still, a lady mantis. I was glad for my lack of weapons. I wanted to feel this. The painted freak passed beneath me. I dropped from the shadows, smiling as my weight knocked it down. My hands took its eyes. My teeth stole its voice from its throat, an entire vocabulary hanging crimson and quivering from my mouth. I suppose I should have been more careful. After all, the thing was superhuman. But I was post-human. I couldn't care for its darkness, its hunting evils, its secrets. Its little red balls scattered, leaving trails of blood as they bounced. I snatched one up and hammer-fisted it into the clown's mouth, breaking teeth. I reached my fingers into its open eye sockets, tearing at its candy-striped brain. I could feel the creature convulse beneath me. It was dying. I couldn't help it anymore. I burst out laughing. <laughs> Adrenaline spurred my teeth and nails on, faster and faster, biting and tearing. I imagined myself killing at super speed, like an accelerated scene from Benny Hill playing out beneath the herky-jerky tune of Yakety Sax. 
The idea made me laugh and laugh. The thing was long dead before I stopped dismembering it. I took the little pink flower from its oversized lapel, a souvenir. I wanted to revel in the murder, somehow explore it. I needed to own it, celebrate it, become it. Another milestone. I was sure the witch was very proud. With some searching, I found an exit from the cavernous room filled with dying mothers. A small door opened into another drab hallway, rain tapping against the roof and windows. My excitement remained, as if my adrenaline had been swept into the void that my fear had left behind. The air was dead, touching my newborn skin like a kiss from a corpse, stiff and cold. I walked with my arms out, feeling the walls, the locked doors, piles of old dead bodies lying in heaps, hissing secrets into the dust. I stripped myself bare, the pink flower in my hair. I strode through the shadows that streaked the corridor. I broke a window and stole the jagged glass into my hands, whipping the makeshift daggers about with glee. I slipped in and out of the darkness like a child just learning to swim, rejoicing in a new freedom. I looked out a window and sipped at an impossible sight. Barely outlined in the gloom, I saw monstrous shapes wading through the city. Crooked top hats on their heads, using skyscrapers as thrones. Between them, giant platters the size of neighborhoods, each filled with dead and dying throngs of humanity. The behemoths ate slowly but earnestly. I had no idea if any of this was real. It couldn't be, could it? I just accepted the horror. Marveled at it, really. Was I part of it? Had I taken my place within the company of the night? Yet all good things come to an end. Or, at the very least, they had to be challenged. I watched as old shapes floated up from the streets below, sporting ruined fedoras and trailing the ragged tails of windswept overcoats. Smiles filled with dust and eyes bluer and deeper than the Pacific. They'd come for me. I stepped backwards into the shadow of a vacant room. The creatures floated up to the windows. The glass seemed to melt away when their blue eyes lit up like icy little suns. In unison, they reached into their coats and withdrew the strangest weapons I'd ever seen. I took them for whips at first, until I saw the glint of steel on their twisting lengths. The alien blades squirmed around in the air like metal eels. The window frames became putty under their blue gaze, morphing and widening to admit the creatures into the hallway. I crouched down like an animal, welcoming this new prey. I wanted this fight, needed it. I suddenly felt a hand over my own, replacing my glass dagger with eager steel. It was wicked. He whispered so softly into my ear. You've just started upon the most terrifyingly wonderful journey that can be made, sweet Genevieve. Fleeing God. 
Six pairs of blue flames stared at me. I could feel their attention as if it were a perverted force, grasping and pinching at my naked flesh, trying to change it, master it. Their alien blades continued to meander about the darkened air, occasionally scraping against one another, dripping sapphire sparks. They were waiting for me to make the first move. We're all ready, Vive. Say the word, and we begin. I caught a glimpse of a giant shadow against the left end of the hallway. Baron had come. And from the right, I could feel my stalwart rover slowly making its way to my side. The rain blew in through the gaping wounds that had been windows, and the cold wind rose goose flesh across my uncovered body. My grip on the knives was easy and agile. I stepped from the darkness, parrying wicked blue glares with my own. I smiled. Let's begin. Rebirth is more than a basic organic process, more even than a simple spiritual process. The stripping of one's previous conventions of thought and deed are often in need of a physical expression to solidify the moment, an explicit milestone of transcendence. However, being buck naked in the middle of a supernatural sword fight seemed a bit impractical. These creatures weren't bumbling clowns, but precise and lethal monsters. They wore a haunt upon their faces that dated back to dust and darkness, and their movements were as smooth as volcanic glass, shiny and sharp. They were utterly unimpressed with us, that much was certain and their bearings suggested this was going to be far from their first rodeo. Wicked wasn't the type for foreplay. He dove straight into them, his smile blazing like fire at midnight. His weren't the most polished of techniques, drawing heavily from chaos, allowing percentage and probability to miss their mark on him by miles. Yet not this time. Wicked sent that blade of his seeking necks and arteries, but all he got for his trouble was a belly full of blade. A drop of his blood splashed across my lips, my tongue wiping it away. I could taste his fire, sweet and hot. I wouldn't let him fall. I stepped forward and caught him in my arms. The whole time I'd known him, his gaze had never touched my body. As his hands scrambled across my bare flesh for stability, I felt only Wicked's vision of flesh as provision, a tool for the using. I wanted him to take me up in his rough hand, my body bladed and deadly, and stab me into the heart of the world. Baron seemed ungainly at first, a trap for unsuspecting adversaries, stomping crudely towards one of the monsters. It fell for the ruse and Baron struck. The creature's whip blade slithered through the air with the grace of a thought, striking at Baron's face. My giant ally's gait shifted to a cat's dash. His speed seemed to slow down time, allowing him to lunge beneath his enemy's attack, while tucking a grenade into the confines of the monster's strange armor. Then, feeding off his momentum, Baron came out of a roll with huge arms outstretched, colliding with Wicked and me, slamming us beyond the grenade's reach. The creature seemed to swallow the force of Baron's attack. It appeared that something so banal as a grenade had no place within the land of living nightmares. 
The smothered concussion and subsequent smoke proffered the same number of enemies as before, their smiles nearly as lithe and gleaming as the alien blades they wielded. It was time to bring in the big guns. Rover leapt into the fray, his weight eliciting objections from the old wooden floor. Like Baron, Rover was faster than he looked. The gigantic beast buried the closest monster beneath his rotting bulk. In addition to the crushing weight of the attack, the Bowers reached through the dog's rotting guts, slicing and stabbing the prone nightmare. Simultaneously, the beast's huge jaws closed around another monster, attempting to crush the thing to shrieking red paste. The six creatures' eyes began to bleed blue light. The dim glow frosted the skinless sinews of Rover's body as it lifted the great dead dog into the air. Soon, the beast began to twist and snap as if being wrung out by a pair of huge invisible hands. The two creatures under Rover's attack were freed, no worse for the wear. To my pet's credit, it didn't so much as whimper when its body contorted and began to split apart. But he was one of ours now, and we weren't going to leave him at their mercy. The three of us lined up shoulder to shoulder and tried our luck a second time. We lunged forward in unison, blades out. Wicked, heedless of his gaping wound, leapt sideways, planted a foot against the wall, and sprung at the nearest nightmare. Baron veered into the shadows and vanished. Me? Well, I just screamed and bore down on the nearest nightmare with my knives. A slithering alien blade quivered and elongated through the air, slicing cleanly into my shoulder and sending the strangest chill through my bones. Yet my thoughts were on fire and the pain choked on the smoke. I kept charging forward, hoping against hope I'd get one of my knives where it needed to be. Baron emerged from the darkness like a shark breaching the waves. He came up behind one of the dream demons and wrapped his gargantuan arm around the creature's neck, pulling it backward into a huge bowie knife. Yet as the knife burst from the creature's chest, the blade seemed to liquefy when it touched the eerie blue light, the shining steel dripping like candle wax onto the dirty floor. The harpooned nightmare spun around with its own blade, but Baron was already gone. Wicked somehow managed to twist his body in midair to avoid a corkscrewing blade, smashing boots first into a nightmare's chest, sending it sprawling to the ground. Wicked wasted little time spinning around like a serrated cyclone, laying his knife into as many baddies as he could reach. I think it was my lack of finesse that allowed me to sink both knives into one of them as the monster likely assumed I had a grander plan than simply screaming and charging at it. I even planted a knife in the thing's head, right between its eyes. It just grinned and winked at me, seizing my throat and squeezing with impossible strength. It felt like getting strangled by an oak tree. The lights were going out fast. I could see the end coming. I mentally screamed to Rover to help, commanding him to come to me. The Titan dog was still floating off the ground in the process of being crushed to oblivion when his guts suddenly burst open and vomited out the Bowers family. Their descent outlined in dangling organs and flaps of rotting skin. They rose from the horrid pile of stinking wet flesh and immediately set about carving up the monster that had me by the neck. They were doing well until the thing turned its blue eyes on them. As soon as a light hit the undead family of killers, they came undone like ice cream under a blowtorch. There was nothing I could do but struggle for air. 
I looked past the writhing bowers where the wheeling nightmare blades danced around the struggling shape of Wicked. He was barely recognizable beneath all the blood, his blood. They were toying with him now, just standing around as he tried to avoid their flashing blade whips. One of the most feared serial killers of the modern day, just a plaything for these monsters. I realized the only reason my throat wasn't already bloody paste in this one's fist was because it willed it. We were all their playthings. Wicked never dropped his smile for a second. Even when part of his mouth got hooked by a passing blade, his joy of violence remained palpable. Yet there was a subtle hint of strategy to his movements. He kept backing up, causing the monsters to close their circle a bit tighter. I should have known he wasn't all impulse. Suddenly, Baron broke from the darkness. A huge length of rebar stretched sideways in front of him. Wicked leapt high into the air, avoiding Baron's charge. With all but one of them collected together, the giant man plowed into them. It seemed a pretty pointless move, but as the nightmares collapsed, their blue light faded, and Rover crashed to the floor, roaring like a vengeful volcano. The one monster still standing took account of the moment and redirected his sapphire gaze from the bowers to Rover, just as Wicked buried his knives into both its eyes. Baron followed up with a set of spiked brass knuckles to the demon's temple. Still, the monster kept its feet until the bowers re-coagulated and piled onto it with a vengeance. At last, we finally managed to kill one. I stole its coat and covered myself hoping it offered some sort of otherworldly protection, as well as defense against some of the Bower's leering gazes. Despite the kill, we were likely to lose the rest of the fight, so I sent Rover an idea. The monster dog reared up and sunk its jaws into the ceiling. With one violent yank, he collapsed the hallway down upon the heads of the gathering nightmares. The next part of the plan was simple. We ran like hell. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.